0: Hello. Hello. Welcome to Chats with Bob. Thank you for joining us on our second episode of Chats with Black-owned businesses. Today, we talk to Lindsay Tux, the Black female owner of in and out Apparel. Despite the pandemic, she has scaled her business up tremendously in a short period of time due to hiring the right people, some being family members, such as her mom and sister also from seeking and paying for consultation from black owned business professionals, such as EKS Consulting and transitioning her business from person to person as of this year to now being available online. We discuss what sparked the idea of entrepreneurship from her childhood experiences, the inception of her business, the important role her team plays in her business Lindsay also talks about collaborations with other Black-owned businesses and how she helps scale up business for a jeweler from Africa by adding her to her vendors list. Through her ownership of In-N-Out Apparel, she creates and holds space for other Black-owned brands, like Mela's Body Jam, because as a Black entrepreneur, she understands this is bigger than her. Let's get started. Thank you, Lindsay, for doing this interview. If you can go ahead and just introduce yourself. Thanks for having me. This is my first official interview ever. So
1: <laughs> so this is going to be a wild ride. I'm excited for it. But yeah, thanks for having me. And yeah, like you said, my name is Lindsay, and I'm the, the owner of In-N-Out, and um, which is a, pretty much a streetwear brand designed for Black women, by Black women. And um, I'm super proud of it. Um, just a little bit about me. I'm born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. And for folks who, what I've what I've learned is that for folks who are not familiar with Baltimore, their only only reference is like The Wire. So like I always get like Oh, is Baltimore like The Wire. I'm like, Well, yeah, some parts are. Some parts are not like that at all. They're very very nice. But um, I'm from Baltimore, and um, I ended up going to Morgan State University, which is an HBCU in um, in Maryland. Super proud of that. Uh, and, interesting journey of how I landed at Morgan I originally did not plan to go there but um, I went to a school in New York for a brief period of time and hated it and I was like I want to I want to come back home and I want to go to HBCU and um, that that experience was super impactful for me um, in a a very uh, unexpected way but I you know and for anyone who has not attended an HBCU I'm like it's an experience like no other um and you get to meet such brilliant uh black people and mm-hmm. uh, folks who are like you know devoted to cultivating you know young black minds and so um and uh, my I, I majored in fine art and my dad used to tease me and, and say that i was getting a degree with um in coloring in the lines which <laughs> is not a lie like that's true like, i I to learn how to color the lines but but i learned a lot more than that and um and uh, kind of worked in the nonprofit space for some time in education and had the opportunity to go back and get my mba which was another interesting experience it was not at at an hbcu Um, i was at american university in dc which which i think was appropriate kind of for my story and what i needed to kind of kind of propel me to the next level yes literally a few months after I graduated um, from American, I started this business as kind of like on a, not on a whim, but kind of uh, one of my friends, she has a clothing business and nice. she was um, she was taking this um, t-shirt making class and she was like, you know, I, you know, I'm like, do you want to come with me? And I'm like, all right. I'm like, when is it? It's on Saturday. I'm like, I don't have anything to do on Saturday. I'll come. <laughs> and from there, birth, you know, uh, kind of where I am now, which is like life changing, um, so it's amazing how life happens that way. It's just those little moments, those little yeses or no's that kind of ultimately land you
0: where you're at. And you're, in hindsight, you're like, oh, okay, I see how that happens. Like, <laughs> Before starting this business, you weren't thinking of being an entrepreneur. It just was a happy accident.
1: So it, it wasn't in some ways. So I think I have always had an entrepreneurial spirit, spirit like from like, back in the day in elementary school I was selling candy to my classmates and um you know the little little gift jewelry I was making that you know on the low trying to trying to sell it um but I never saw myself in like fashion or clothing um I kind of always saw myself as an artist particularly with like photography and photographic imaging was like my specialty at Morgan and so and I'm, I don't even consider myself to be a fashionista I've always had kind of like my own style and my own lane and I've just Kind of lived in that um and what i've found is kind of living in that space and, and creating something that you that you where you see yourself there's a lot of folks that kind of resonate with that and that's that's kind of what the brand has turned into i mean i just kind of look at like textiles and garments as another way to create art um and and so here we are <laughs> here we are. how long have you been in business yeah just over a year and a half is kind of that's when i'm really running yeah so we're we're just a baby we're like still in diapers we still have like a loose neck
0: type a of with congratulations because honestly you know a lot of us don't get through that first year so yeah. there's a lot in that so just keep going and we're so excited to learn what you've learned within that experience of being an entrepreneur in a year yeah. Can you let us know a little bit about you know your childhood like what was it like what did you see or didn't see that shaped your idea of building wealth
1: yeah, so I, you know, growing up in Baltimore, I grew up on on, on West Baltimore, and it's a really, really unique makeup. Um, and for those who are familiar with Baltimore, depending on what street you live on determines like a lot. Like you can you can be two two blocks away and live two very, very differently different lives. And so I grew up. Um, kind of in the middle of two different spaces. I grew up, let's say one like two blocks over was definitely like what we consider the hood of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. and then two blocks over was uh, a very popular like a heavily concentrated community of Orthodox uh, Jewish people. and then and then I like myself growing up was kind of in the middle of that. So, you know, some of my childhood friends growing up were Orthodox uh, Jewish people, uh, kids that I would play with. And I would also play with black kids. But um, so when I was home, we were only, I think we were one of three black families on the block. And um, on certain days, on the holy days where um, our neighbors couldn't, they weren't allowed to use like the oven or turn on lights. They would actually call my mom to have them to have her turn turn on their oven for them, so that they could cook. So we would go around like to different houses on the block to help them turn on their ovens, because they couldn't do it. And um, and it, so that was an interesting experience, um, learning about diversity and understanding. Even as a child, when you don't really learn, don't really understand what race is or ethnicity or even religion. Totally, mm-hmm. you you understand when you're different, when you kind of fit in, and when you don't fit in. Mm-hmm. And not to say that we didn't fit in, fit in, but I clearly realized that we were we were different, um, and trying to understand and reconcile that in my mind, um, and then kind of going to to school, which I started off in the public school system. Um, the school that I went to was predominantly black, so I'm like, okay, that's interesting that I I live with like my neighbors aren't black, but the school I go to is black. Like, what's up with that? Um, and then at a certain point, when I was when I was in elementary school, uh, my dad was really big about education and he really was passionate about us about me going into going to another school that he thought would give me more opportunity so there was a private all-girls school um maybe i would say 10-15 minutes away from my neighborhood that um he wanted me to go to and um. So you had to test into the school. So I remember, I remember this vividly on, on testing day, I went there. I think I might've been the only black kid, the only black girl. Maybe there might've been one more of us. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is different. Um, you know, I'm not used to seeing this in like an academic kind of environment. I'm used to kind of being with my own people and, and doing and thriving in that space. Like I loved the school that I was with. The teachers were super devoted. And, um, so and I remember walking away from the the, the testing, and my mom asked asking me, she's like, "Well, how did it go? Like, tell me about it." She was waiting outside, for, uh, uh, waiting outside for me, and I'm like, you know, it was so interesting because, like, you know, we had a portion of the test that was, you know, like multiplication and division, and this one I was like seven years old, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember some of the kids around me were like, "Oh, you know, we don't know how to do multiplication and division," and I told so my mom, I'm like, you know, my teacher, like she she taught us how to do this. We already know how to do this. And so it was so interesting that I ended up testing into that program and and going to that school for a period of time, but had it not been for the public school system and the teachers who were devoted and possibly me me getting the education that some people would consider, you know, inferior, Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't have had the opportunity to attend that school. So it's so interesting, like how that kind of perception, you know what I mean? And what actually happens in our community. Um... But when I got there, it was, uh, you know, I I will never forget that feeling of being, of feeling like no one understands you and no one can really relate to you. Like my classmates didn't look like me. My teacher, not only does she not look like me, she was not a black woman. She wasn't even from um, the U.S. She was actually from Australia and she came to to the U.S. to, to teach at this school. So she didn't understand racism in America. She didn't understand those things. And so she's coming into this environment, I think, you know, under-equipped. And, you know, me being a a kid at that point, I was like eight, Mm -hmm. you know, and and understanding race, but not in the way that I think I could properly articulate myself and like how I was feeling. It was an eye-opener for me. and then also with that, it showed that you can be 10, 15 minutes away, five, maybe five miles or less from uh, from your home. And it's two different worlds. Like, you know, and I remember my classmates talking about their vacation homes and the things that they would they would do. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I can't even <laughs> know, you know, and um. The eye-opening thing for me as well was the school had a a directory where they had all of the students and their address if you needed to reach out to them, their contact information. And I literally, I I don't know how long I spent, I probably spent hours going through and trying to find another student that had the same address, the zip code, same zip code as I did. Mm -hmm. And I only found one, and that was one of the other Black students in my class. And I'm just like, wow. And, you know... I that that experience for me as a child took me probably until adulthood to really see the value out out of it mm-hmm. um, Prior to that, I think it was just something that I'm like, you know, it probably wasn't my favorite memory But I understand what what my dad was was wanting to do and trying to do was to offer that access It introduced the idea to me of um, access to opportunities, right and the fact that you know You can live in the same city as even not that far from them, two different, two different experiences just because of the amount of opportunity or access to opportunity that you have. Um, So being at that school first made me aware that there, you know, there are folks who are living different lives and different experiences and just, you know, different everything that are just not. Geographically that far from me, and I'm like, well, how do I level that playing field? And for me, that was the start of exploring entrepreneurship and understanding that, particularly for people of color, for Black people, entrepreneurship is, you know, they used to say education is the, the great equalizer. Like I, I definitely think ownership is, is that, um, particularly for like our generation. And I think, <laughs> and I think every generation has their their moment. Um, because my, again, my father was so big on getting education, getting education, but then also working in corporate America as well. You know, you'll get that education, you'll get a job at a company, and you're fighting for a seat at the table. Even though the same people who are questioning while you're at that table, you you might have more experience and more qualifications than them, right? Yeah. So. I think for me at some point it clicked where it's like all right i'm not gonna ask for a seat at your table i'm gonna get a hammer and some nails i'm gonna build my own table over here and um, i'm gonna gonna sit over here you enjoy your table um so so yeah that kind of started that whole that whole thing for me um and it's evolved it's definitely like entrepreneurship has evolved um and i've had you know i've definitely kind of branched out and, and done different things um, but more, I think I went more on a smaller scale. I think this is probably something that has has grown. This has grown the most. Where now I have a team and I have, you know, like we're we're like this engine is like it's moving. Even when I'm not, even I'm not doing it, it's getting done. I'm like, okay, this is new. <laughs> when you're an entrepreneur, like your strengths and weaknesses are highlighted. You know what I mean? At some point, you have to have an honest conversation with yourself on the things that you are amazing at and the things that you suck at, and the truth is like you're not going to be great at everything and that's okay like you don't have to be you don't have to be great at everything to have a successful business but you have to be honest with yourself about the things you are not good at and you know this past year for me has been has been that um and when you are first starting off in your business chances are you are doing everything on your own whether you're doing them well or not you're still doing them And when you start to reach a certain level of success where it's it's just not humanly possible to maintain your business until, unless you have help that comes on, Mm -hmm. um, it forces you to then have to like delegate and be able to communicate in a clear way of like, okay, what are my expectations? And that's something that I'm actively like in right now, because, you know, kind of scaling up and we've had to scale relatively quickly. Like our scaling has happened, I mean, it's happened over a span of a year, but Mm -hmm. Um, when I first started the business I was primarily doing in-person events so we at festivals pop-ups like we were all over the East Coast like we were doing multiple events each weekend grinding like working hard hard I think that was the best shape I've ever been in my life I didn't have a gym membership but we were lifting stuff we were carrying stuff I had my friends my family with me and um, and we were just like you know all over the place and towards the end of 2019, I'd made the decision, I'm like, I'm at that age now where like my body, my, I feel it. I feel when I've been doing things. And I'm like, my body is tired. Like I'm just physically tired. And and this is not, I'm, I'm working hard, I'm not working smart, and this model is not scalable. So the end of 2019, I said, I'm like, I, I, made, I made one promise to myself and that I was not going to book any events in 2020. And it was a, it was a big risk because 99.9% of my revenue had been through in-person events. So I'm like, I'm like cutting off the hand that feeds me right now. You know what I mean? But I'm like, I, I feel like if I don't do this, I'm long-term, this is probably, this is my business is not going to grow the way I needed to grow. I, I need to shift a hundred percent online. I, I had a brand new business because I had to you know, learn my, learn my audience on online and connect with them online. And that was something that I hadn't spent a lot of time or energy doing because I knew like, all right, I'm going to pop up at this festival. I'm they're going to meet me. They're going to talk to me. They're going to know who I am. And then, you know, we'll go from there online. It was a different ball game. It was like, all right, how do you build that brand? Because, you know, you're not going to be able to talk physically, talk to every customer, but how did, how do you still kind of have that, how do they have that same experience of what the brand is? When we're doing in-person events, we have incense burning, we have music blasting, like it's just (laughs) a vibe. I'm like, okay, so how are we going to do that vibe online? Like, what does that, (laughs) what does that look like? Um, So in doing that, like my skill set, like it had to, it had to shift because I had to learn about digital marketing. I had to learn about social media, which I don't even personally have an Instagram page for myself. My Instagram page is for my business. I'm like, I can't manage it all. I'm trying to keep <laughs> up with real life. And then as we continue to grow, I'm like, okay, I need help. I need legit help. So I ended up bringing in some of the team that I, cause I hired, I, I had team a team that helped me with the in-person events and I brought them over to help with production and fulfillment for like my e-commerce. And, Mm -hmm. um, but even then it was a different skill set. We had to kind of start from the drawing board. Like I'm bringing them over because I'm like, I trust you and I know you do great work, but you're not doing anything like you did before. Like this is a completely new ball game. Um, So that started in January and from January to now, like the growth has been unbelievable and and such a blessing. Um, But it's been probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, to be honest. And it, it's still, it's and like in every day, it's like, it, it's, it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever done as well. But at the same time, it's like no one has it all figured out. Like, yeah. I, I don't have it all figured out. Like, you know, as an entrepreneur, you are, you are a risk taker and you will, you'll put things out there and sometimes you'll put 10 things out there and only one thing will stick. But in reality is all you need is for one thing to stick. Cause that can be the game changer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so for me, like I'm, you know, and I, I kind of look at like my, what I call my tribe of people, like my team, my family, my loved ones. Like I'm kind of just out here like, all right, we're going to try this. We're going to try this and we're going to try this. And they like, you know, they kind of help to kind of support me and reel me in. But, mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, with, with all of that, it, it kind of helps you form a better relationship with, success and failure and what that means to you because most people in life are afraid of failing as an entrepreneur you have to be very comfortable with failing because you're going to do it a lot
0: Mm. a whole lot
1: like a whole whole lot you're going to do it (laughs) (laughs)
0: thank you thank you for that i i i'm glad that you said that and you emphasized it because a lot of people a lot of times we you know we're watching on youtube or just Mm -hmm. seeing through whatever media it is, you know, the end product, and we get so lost, and we see the end picture, but we don't know how hard they hustled, how hard they grind, how much, you know, they went through. Um, Elaborate on some hurdles that you probably went through in trying to scale your business up.
1: Yep, Um, for sure. Finding a team, it's it's so critical. Finding the right people for your business, it's, you know, especially once you get to a point where you can't be in your business all the time. Um, You know, we have, we have a, I have a, uh, a studio that we primarily work out of, and, you know, I'm, I'm focused on other things. I, again, I've learned the things that I'm good at, and, and so like I'm focused on those things. I'm focused on, you know, de- developing new products. I'm focused on the marketing. The other things on the back end of like the day-to-day logistics, like that's not my strong suit. And I actually had to have a real conversation with myself where I'm like, I'm not that organized of a person. I'm just not like. You know, I have like I have organized chaos in my mind that makes total sense to me. But when I try to explain it to someone else, like no no one else understands what I'm saying. Like not not one person. Maybe my mom sometimes, but my team also has had to come to me, and my my little sister, she's part of my team as well. So and she has no problem coming to me and telling me when like I'm not making any sense. Um, but <laughs> you know, just had to like I asked him. I'm like, you know, do you know do I communicate myself? Like clearly, like, do do you all know what I expect of you? Mm And they they just said like, no, not all the time. And I'm like, okay. So (laughs) all right, so let let's take that back. Let's let's talk about that. And um, so it's forced me too as well to like, you know, when you are when you're an army of one, oftentimes, like, you know, things like I said, they make sense in your mind. But when you start to scale and you then have to bring in other people who don't know how your mind works you really have to develop processes and just ways of doing things where like they are crystal clear because if there's any confusion it, it's gonna show itself you know what I mean and you'll end up having that conversation where it's just like all right I don't know how in the world like I have you did I said one thing, you did one thing, and I have no idea where the disconnect was. And then you talk to them, and then, you know, once you have that open dialogue of like, all right, well, this is how I perceived what you asked of me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on the other end of like, okay, well, this is what I meant. And you see where that discrepancy is, you're like, wow, like it, it kind of, it, it forces you to kind of check yourself a little bit. And I've had to do that with my team of like, you know, like I'm probably more of the problem than anybody else right now. <laughs> like, the problem is me right now like I need to I need to figure out like what exactly I'm trying to communicate to you all Mm
0: -hmm. um
1: but finding a team is super important and I was blessed enough to have you know have family who is available you know available to to help me out which is you know even though some people say you know don't don't mix family with business and that's a whole thing and not to say that and my mom has also been a played a tremendous tremendous role and it's not to say that we're not going to you're not going to have moments of conflict I, we my mom and I my little sister we've absolutely argued about the business about yeah. things. we have like we have where it's just like my little sister's like okay well you said to do this and I did this and then you're not happy so like so now what and I'm like okay well I meant this you should have known I meant this and she's like well how would I have known that if you didn't tell me so <laughs> you know, so you kinda have to go back to the drawing board sometimes and and recognize that like even the folks that you you think might know, you like assume nothing. Assume the person knows nothing. And then that way you clearly communicate. Um, but even other folks that I have on my team who I've worked with in the past, um, again, this is like a different ball game. So, um and and when we were working together prior to kind of transitioning online like we were we were there working together we can kind of get to know each other we can kind of learn you know learn things about each other but I would say when you were developing a team you have to set the ex- expectation crystal clear like there, there cannot be any questions any confusions about what what you are looking for from them and what the expectation could be because if there's any confusion like you, it's 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 not it's not gonna work, and that's the challenge for entrepreneurs. So I would say to anyone who is kind of at that point now where they're bringing other people on board, you know, kind of sit with yourself and figure out like what exactly do I need help with, mm-hmm. you know, um, and how do I measure performance with that? Like, how will my, my team member know if if they're doing a good job or not? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, which is also something that like I have to work on as well, where like you know i kind of have in my mind what what i think is acceptable or a great job and it it doesn't always it's not always expressed the way that it needs to be for folks yeah, exactly. to know um, so yeah i mean so that has kind of been and we're we're still in the hiring process we're still like i'm i'm planning to kind of ramp up and add more folks to the to the right. team in the next like month or two so that's going to be but what i'm appreciative and i already told my team I'm like listen like you all already know how I, how I am, like help help me hire these folks, you know what I mean? And that's too like, yes. leveraging the people who you've already worked with to help you go out and find new people because they already know the type of person you are. And mm-hmm. you know, my team tells me all the time, like I, you know, <laughs> how does my, how does my little sister say, like I'm, like I expect a lot of myself, and I expect a lot of others. Mm-hmm. You know, so either you will rise to the occasion, or you're just like, listen, I'm out. I can't do this. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I told them, I'm like, okay, I want you to be a part of the interview process. Like, ask them questions, like things that you know you've learned about me. Make sure they understand that. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so what yeah,
0: that's- like about them too. Uh, when when you're hiring and you're scaling up and you're using people that are already within the company, that's already proved themselves. It's mm-hmm. you know, coming upon you and, you know, the whole organization to just actually grow from them. Like, actually find out, okay, who else do they know that's just like them that will bring that yep. of energy to my business? And you um, touched on, you know, working with family. And a lot of times we we hear that. And it's certain type of family members, you know, you don't need to do business. Oh, with. yes. <laughs> but in, in, but in, in, you know, in certain situations, you know that there are some good people, some good family members that can add to what you're doing it doesn't hurt to your business to yeah. be in business with um, family members I only wanted to touch on that just because honestly that's something that a lot of us you know we, we kind of like we push away from of like trying to do business yeah. with family very important for us to keep it in the family so giving jobs to each other because we don't get those opportunities and if you look at yeah. Asian um entrepreneurs and they're it don't matter where they go they're gonna find it's gonna, they're gonna find yeah. people or bring their people in so we need to do a better job right. of, again um of like owning like you said ownership is so so important right. i think we need to own ours and we need to create opportunity for people that look like us so what you're doing yeah. with your business is amazing and i really want to kind of deep dive into how important is your team and kind of break down your team like you can even give a little shout out to the people that like what makes your team and what makes them important to your business
1: yeah i mean my my team is really everything for my, for my business um you know i have you know i have my my little sister her name is her name is shayla she's also an she's an artist her name is her stage name is noel sky um and then i have uh, another team member who has been working with me for a while her name is kirby and um, they are—they're kind of like in it day after day. They are in it, like the, the operational component, the logistics. You know, they're, they, quick, they they quickly—they they let me know when something's not working. They let me know when something is working. You know, most of my uh, initial ideas and thoughts to create new pieces, I run by them first. And if they are like, if they're not like, yes, we love it. I'm like, okay, we're not—we're not putting this out. So I trust them tremendously. Um, with, with just the, the, the business itself, but then also kind of the, um, the like the R&;D, the development process because you know I, they, they will give me their um, their honest opinion about things <laughs> when I'm like I didn't expect it you know and there's definitely moments where I, like I try to come up with new ideas and they are just going in like of all the reasons why they don't like it I'm like, okay, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I get the message. <laughs> um, but even outside of that, I've had a, a bunch of folks who have helped me. Um, uh, another talks of collaboration, um, another organization that I've worked very closely with is uh, EKS Consulting. And the owner of that is is M. M. Smith. Um, She's played a, a huge role in, um, she, we, we worked together prior to her even starting that consulting firm. She was you know, with me and kind of on my team and just kind of watch her kind of grow that into what it's grown into and even begin to offer me new services as a business, uh, whether it's like social media marketing, con- consulting services or what have you. Um, so she, and she's still very much so involved, um, Black-owned consulting company. Okay. She's from Jamaica, so she reps Jamaica, so we got to fill that in there. <laughs> so, yeah, and also she's the one that introduced me to Kirby, who's also Haitian as well. So, um, and that's, in it and like, just even the idea of kind of folks connecting folks of like, you know, when I first brought M in, and we've worked, we've been working together, um, for a couple of years, and I'm like, you know, M. Like I need more help with the business. Like, do you know anybody? She's like, Yeah, you know, actually, I know Kirby. Like, let me bring her in. And then I met Kirby, and we all connected. Um, so and and it's just the dedication too that I see from folks. Um, also one of my best friends, um, Jamella White, who who has a business as well, uh, Mella's Body Jam. Um, he's she's been, um, you know, I can't even. I can't even say everything that she's been because she's been, like, she's my day one. She actually gave me, she actually gave me the name of the business. Um, and the day after I uh, went to that class, I um, I had made a shirt and it was her birthday brunch. And I showed her the shirt and she's like, oh, this is dope. Like, you, you need to, you need to turn this into something. And I'm like, well, I don't have a name. And I, I kind of shared a story with her that... One, the owner and one of the instructors of the class had told me, and so out of that story, she's like, "Oh, you should call it In and Out," and I'm like, "Okay, like all right." <laughs> and we, and now we have a name. um nice. Even to this day, like she's, she's, she was out there with me in the events and just working hard and just the collaboration. Um, and once she started her her brand, I'm like, "All right, well, like you're a new brand, like." Just come in and we'll share our space. We'll share our vending space so they can, you know what I mean. So just that collaboration and sisterhood. And I mean, I've, I mean, I'm, I'm surrounded by a team of amazing, amazing, uh, black women, really, that have uplifted me. We've uplifted each other. But the collaboration is, um, it's, it's a real thing. And you know, I think now that I've kind of gotten to the point of scaling, I'm now collaborating with like other brands and other, you know, but in the early days it was just kind of collaborating with your own tribe um so you know the whole relationship building and relationship management it's it's definitely important um but you know you kind of have to find what works for you in that particular time um because to be completely honest even when you try to you know not that i've not that i've tried to collaborate with a ton of brands because i'm always kind of i'm hyper focused i'm a lone ranger of like i'm going to make my brand do what it needs to do and then we can kind of extend out but you know for folks who are thinking about collaborating with different brands really really early on in their business which is not it's not a terrible idea but at the same time if a, if a brand is already somewhat established or maybe even kind of figuring themselves out you want to make sure that you can show what your value is to that collabor- collaboration um and sometimes what the value is that you bring is that you know you kind of already have your following you already have your customer base and Sometimes it's 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 important for you to kind of to kind of just focus on yourself and your own brand and kind of figuring out okay what do I need to offer, who's my audience, and as that grows, you'll you'll have people reaching out to you to collaborate. Like you absolutely will, you know. Drop the gyms, um, honey. Drop the gyms. But it, but it's 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 real and kind of focusing, and it's funny because like you know I'm I'm from like the D.C. area, which is like everyone talks about networking. It's a very like, you know, young professional space of networking. And I always, you know, I have a love hate relationship with the word networking, but um, (laughs) to be quite honest. um, But what I think sometimes is like you, you might already have your network. Like you might not even need to go out and meet any new people. Your network could be your best friend. Your network could be folks. And it doesn't have to be a large network. Like I have a small and very mighty team that, you know, like we've accomplished so much in this short period of time and you know like do i have like you know it's not a team of 100 people you know it's not even a team of 10 people really but we've done so much where you would think it was 100 people yes. you know what I mean? so it's more so about like you know i would encourage anyone who's kind of focused on the networking 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 it's like all right just take a moment and kind of look at who you already know, and maybe who know, like who you know that might know someone that can kind of bring them, you know. Even if you have one, two, three people that are dedicated and focus on the mission, like that might be enough right now.
0: You know what I mean? Like, and just kind of just go. Like that. That's my advice. Is just go. You know. Like you know the consulting that you um, receive and continue yeah. to receive. What are some other ways that you're using Black owned businesses to um, better and grow your business?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, when I was doing pop-ups, I had signage that was coming from a Black-owned business in in Baltimore. The name escapes me. I can definitely, I can send it to I'll you it later. I'll put it in the show yeah. notes. <laughs> name escapes me. But, um, and more recently, like, I have been, you know, with kind of branching out. And there's only, you know, even though we do a lot of the customization in-house, mm-hmm. um, with the clothing like I want to branch out like I, I had so many customers reach out to me like do you guys offer, do you all offer jewelry do you do you like do you have any jewelry and I'm like okay we don't we don't have any jewelry like and I'm not about to learn how to make jewelry and I know my team is probably gonna look at me like crazy if I'm like okay let's learn how to make jewelry so that was one task that I'd given myself recently was to go out and find another uh, black owned business that can you know offer offer that to me and i connected with a black Black female artist in south africa that makes you know amazing pieces that
0: i would i can never make them as beautifully as she makes them wow you connected with somebody in south africa like this is this is why i'm saying that like i love digging into the stories of black owned businesses because you know, you're, when, when someone purchases from you, we're not just supporting you. Um, not just supporting your sister, your mom, even though, honestly, even if it was just you three, it's yeah. important for us to support each yeah. other. But it, you're branching out. As your business grows, as you flourish, you're touching the lives of other um, Black people within our community and other Black-owned businesses. So that is just, that is amazing. But yeah. I, I just want to... I- touch on that because we can-
1: that's just the beginning I mean my goal is to connect with as many as many uh, black businesses as I can because at the end of the day like you know there's I don't think we realize how much money there is to make mm. collectively it's not a, it's really not a competition there's just so much money out there and mm-hmm. when you think about uh, black consumers we are the drivers of what's hot we're the drivers of the culture and we spend a lot of money on these things so if you're a black-owned business and you think okay well, you know this person over here is competition because they are maybe potentially what we perceive as catering to the same audience which mm-hmm. chances are that might not even be the case um, you know collaborating you, you can make as twice as much money you know, with that. And so, you know, that was one of the first partnerships and one of the things, the things that she said to me, she's like, you were, you're feeding so many families. And like that kind of, that kind of hit me. Like, you know, she now has to, you know, she has her team and has to grow as well because of this partnership and um, and that like, that definitely kind of hit me where it's like, it's, you know, it's bigger than me. It's like you said, it's bigger than than a lot of things where we're offering opportunities to to folks Um, who do amazing stuff like her stuff I'm actually wearing her her pieces now like it's so I've never I've never seen anything like what she makes you know what I mean the the quality of it Um, and so I'm excited I'm kind of on this like this quest now to find other other brands to partner with to figure out like okay well how can we we collaborate Um, but yeah the whole collaboration piece it's it's super important but you know and I think it's it kind of goes back to finding finding the collaboration that works best for you at the time that it works for you. You know, a year ago, this collaboration probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have made as much sense for me. You know what I mean? Or it just it probably it the stars kind of aligned at this moment at this time. Um, but yeah, I mean the possibility to collaborate like you know you sometimes you have to think outside the box. Sometimes it's you know it's just like all right, well you offer this, I offer this. How can we create something unique together? Um, but I encourage, I mean, I do encourage it. Um, and I think it can be super impactful for, for both brands and businesses. You know, like I don't, don't shy away from that. You just have to find the partners that are the right for you.
0: What are some key points that you want, that you wish that you knew before starting your business?
1: Yeah, I I would say two things come to mind and that is really spending time and getting to know who your audience is. Um, when I first started, this business has evolved tremendously in the the year and a half, two-ish years that it's been in existence. And, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, when I originally had this idea, I had a completely different audience in mind. And, you know, I, I think I kind of came up with the audience that kind of sounded good a little bit and not really knowing if that was my audience. And... Quickly, I realized that the folks who I, I thought I was, you know, kind of appealing to and marketing to, that wasn't who was purchasing my, uh, my actual products. And I, when, you know, for folks who, and at least for me, but I, I definitely think this is maybe a, a theme with new entrepreneurs. Like we're so focused on the idea mm. and the product or the service of like, okay, we wanted to do this. We wanted to look like this. It's like, okay, but who's this for? And why is it for that person? Mm -hmm. And that should always be something that is in the, that's in the forefront of your mind when you are creating that product, because you can have the best product in the world, you know, and if you don't really know who it's for and you can't get in front of them, it's, you're not going to make any money. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can have a product that's not that great. You can have, you know, a mediocre product, but if you know your audience to a T, you will do so, so well. And so, you know, kind of finding that, that, um, kind of having that overlap of a great product and knowing your audience is really when you kind of you kind of skyrocket. And so, you know, me being a queer woman when I first started the brand, it was for like anyone who kind of fell under that umbrella like the LGBTQ+. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm personally not, you know, I'm one letter of that, but I'm yeah. not super familiar with all the other letters. I don't really know what their motiv- motivations are all the time. Like so, you know, me creating a brand for for that that overarching thing and not even being super knowledgeable uh, on it mm-hmm. like it didn't, you know it, it wasn't as successful as it could be and as I started to kind of you know go out there in the field and and go to events and kind of connect with people I realized I'm like this is not this is not as much a brand for just folks who are part of that community this is more so a brand for you know women of color and black women in particular and me being a woman who is black and also lgbtq yeah. and that like that that unique kind of experience and the intersectionality that that comes with that like i'm able to pull from those experiences and just my perspective of the world into like my brand which kind of offers a like a unique perspective of like you know you know we're a little edgy you know like we are you know in some instances we might be like gender fluid sometimes but then we like to put on makeup and you know what i mean like but i think that's also like experiences that people share who are not even part of that. like as black women like we have moments yeah. where we're, we're chill and then we kind of we we have the glow up we dress up you know what i mean like we do all these yes. things yeah and being able to message that to my audience which is more so women of of color and and not even realizing it wasn't until recently that i realized you know how how much that spanned across even like um yeah you know, like nationalities i had um toward the end of, the end of last year and i have like one of one of our um our tags is the future is female and black mm-hmm. and so we had that up and um on on apparel and this woman walked by and she's like yeah she's like that's me like i'm i'm a black woman from from her appearance she looked like she, might, she came from like India right so and she did in fact she did but she was just like I'm Indian and I consider myself a black woman and I was just like what like tell me more about because that's new for me I'm like you know my perspective is from the U.S. and the black experience you know what I mean which is different from you know folks who are maybe first generation um And their parents might have been born in Africa and their first generation like those are all different experiences but I've never and I have friends that have you know they're you know they might be Haitian they might be Jamaican they might be um, Nigerian Liberian uh, which are all different experiences from my experience of you know not having that same connection but the connection from India was new for me and I'm like okay you got to tell me about this yeah but like in her culture she identifies as a black woman and I'm like wow like I did not, I didn't even know that was a thing, so like you've educated me, um, but even I've, I've learned that my audience is also Afro-Latina, which is not, uh, exactly. I didn't even know that. And so like I'll see names coming in, you know, from customers and, and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, and, and learn more about these customers and they are Afro-Latina, but like they identify as Black women and I'm like, yeah. wow
0: because at the end of the day at the root of it they are you know black women
1: they just had a different right. advertiser you know exactly, exactly. So, no it's so true that's a brand I'm like okay and that's like that's always my focus I'm definitely the marketing person and I'm like okay so like tell me your story I want to learn more about your story as an Afro-Latina woman or as you know wherever you whatever your story I want to know who you are and I want to know why you're connected to this brand and and once I, as I'm, I've I've been learning more about that it's helped me kind of develop new products and even determine what my partnerships should be because like I'm learning more and more about my audience, you know, which is like unlike what I thought it would be. It's just completely different and in, in such an amazing way. This is a brand like this is a reflection of me. Yeah. Like this is who I am, you know.
0: So. And it's a beautiful reflection. I'm looking Thank at you. your Instagram right now, and I can see myself in it. I can see um, friends. I can see allies. It's, it was well well put together. It's really important for us to be able to be able to see ourselves. So represented in a positive light in doing right, things, it gives inspiration and it inspires um, other people that's like you to be able to do the same thing. So. Um, I just think this is a just a beautiful brand, and what you're doing is beautiful, connecting with other um, businesses. Um, and then, lastly, I just want you to let us know where we can find you, um, find your um, products.
1: Our handle is the same across social media channels. So, our Instagram, our Facebook, it's In so Out Apparel. So, I N O U T Apparel, and our website is the same, just .com. So, I N O U T apparel.com um you can find us all of our pieces if you want to reach out to us feel free to email us dm us and we are um we're happy to chat with you so
0: thank you thank you so much Lindsay. i really want to because you said this is just your first year we didn't even touch on like you know like, the, I guess the business side of things, the money and everything, the finance. You can talk about it. I'm down. <laughs> oh, yes. I want to, I, I would like to do another segment with you. I want to do like a follow-up and find out where your business is, where you are. Um, so I'm definitely going to be reaching out. I'm definitely going to be following. I'm so excited okay. to see where cool. your business goes. Like, this was amazing, amazing talk. Of Thank course. you so much. Thank you. You have a good one. All right. You too. Yeah. See you again. Bye.